Welcome to the Asset Talk. Today we are speaking to Haresh Patel, CEO of Mercatus, a data platform for private investors. Recently, Mercatus has partnered with the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board to create and introduce consistent ESG data measurement and reporting ability. This will help create greater understanding on ESG data, especially as they are integrated into private equity investments. Take a listen. The first question is, of course, um, what's the demand out there you're seeing for ESG data from the private asset market, and especially in light of this uh, this pandemic? Yeah, so ESG data has, I would say, an interesting journey. Uh, and it, I think you can kind of break it up into three different kind of regions. So in Europe, I wouldn't say it's it's mandatory, meaning, it, but it's pretty darn close. If you want to raise money from a European LP, you better have a really good ESG story. Mm. The U.S., I think, is catching up quickly because as you expand to raise funds, and they raised a lot of funds last year, mega funds, you have to go beyond the U.S. borders to raise money. So U.S. companies are getting it, getting with the program pretty quickly. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, my least, I would say, knowledgeable is Asia because my information is about a year old. I was in Hong Kong uh, at the Super Return Conference and I think there was a lot of curiosity at the time. Uh, so that's kind of how I put the three markets. But I felt the curiosity in Asia was was going to probably surpass the, you know, the U.S. in terms of, uh, you know, ESG. So mm. that's it's primarily driven by a forcing function from the limited partners that's driving this one. Mm. Uh, the the second market force that's driving this is. As you as you talk about relating to the uh, the virus, in general, I think there's a second factor, and I'll get to the virus here. But you know, more and more twenty somethings, all the way to forty something, what we call the millennial, Gen X, Gen Y, really want to invest sustainably, and the tools are becoming available, like with Robinhood and you know personal capital, where you know you can open up a very small account, and in just the last. 30, 40, 60 days because of the virus, the number of accounts that are opening up are, you know, exponential. And these younger investors really have a social factor uh, or an environmental factor, one of the two. And so they're driving this change. And so that's actually putting more pressure on um, one is giving them the ability to put money into small, small buckets, but it adds up to a lot of money. And it goes into funds where, listen, you know, I better understand what ESG is. I better understand, is it really real? Is it beyond a glossy brochure? So there's some interesting um, factors that are that are affecting, um, you know, ESG. Yes. As it relates to the virus, um, you know, I think it's early to tell what the effect is. But clearly some of the issues that we're seeing, for example, uh, you know, uh, I would say, again, Time-wise, there was a lot, lot more concern around. Hey, how is my clothes that I'm wearing? Are they manufactured in, you know, Bangladesh or India, and are there child labor? And I want to stop buying that. There was a lot of social causes. Now you're beginning to get the data around that. Um, and as it relates to the virus, we've seen, you know, certain industries we're beginning to appreciate how our food gets delivered to our table. And so when some of these meat packing plants, you know, had huge outbreaks, people said, "Wow, I didn't realize working conditions are so bad." So I think. It's early to say, but this is clearly going to, I think, accelerate 
ESG and, this, and, and the virus and the impact that we're beginning to understand how our day-to-day services get delivered to us. Uh, because all of us, I would say, to a certain extent, we can you know, be thankful that we're on a little bit on the privileged side, but I have a much deeper appreciation for you know, how people work and are they safe. So I see a further acceleration of it, but that's my conjecture at this stage. I think it's early. The ESG landscape is growing, we, we agree. Uh, at the same time, uh, ESG data is all over the place, right? Uh, there's a lot of providers out there. Last month, uh, tongue-in-cheek, uh, we produced a magazine set that says ESG data going viral, right? So it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge, yeah. right? Uh, how do you manage all of that, right? How, how much of data are out there on ESG? you're seeing? Uh, Well, the the challenge is um, kind of from multiple angles. It's what you just described, which is there are a lot of different ways to report ESG, and we're trying to keep track of all of them. And, um, you know, we'll send you maybe some numbers after this call, because I want to be factually correct on how many we are tracking in terms of different companies, uh, you know, or or, or standard bodies are forming around ESG data. That's, That's a good thing. Ultimately, you want to have some consolidation, right, where there is a gold standard. We just signed a partnership with SASB, and they seem to have landed, you know, some very large brands. And usually standards form when their most public one was uh, the CEO of BlackRock, you know, endorsed um, in in a very public way, the SASB standard. He left the door open, hey, if something else emerges, we'll follow it so far. But it takes one – I've seen from history, it takes – two or three big names, and all of a sudden you have a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, what we're trying to do with our customers is that we're trying to give them the flexibility mm-hmm. uh, to collect the data, because the data collection is the, is the biggest challenge, and we can certainly get into that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the next challenge, of then how do you parse that data to those different standards? Because a GRES, which is one uh, standard body, um, you know, has a different reporting function, and you know, you, we want to be able to, once you collect the data, we want to give the customer the flexibility to report. And we're finding it's like the, almost like a DNA of the health of virus that, you know, 98% is always the same. It's the 2% that's different. So we're just trying to build a platform that gives customers flexibility to report, you know, whichever one, because it's going to take a couple of years before they, this gets sorted out. Now, we are talking about the private market here. And of course, there's the private market and there's the public market. Mm-hmm. And the public market, yep. uh, the active managers, a lot of them have integrated ESG into their asset allocation strategy. I wonder, from your perspective, when you look at the private market, are there any peculiarities in terms for uh, private investors in, in how they source ESG data? The challenge to us, the way we're looking at it, is exactly the same. And, and let me kind of give you kind of a, a bit of a, a sequence, and I'm just going to pick names for the sake of names that we would recognize, they're not necessarily customer of ours, but let's just stick with BlackRock. Now, BlackRock may have, uh, let's say, Harvard Endowment Fund as a investor into their fund. So you're starting with Harvard Endowment Fund with BlackRock into Apple Computer, but Apple Computer has lots of facilities all over the world, and they also have a lot of subcontractors, for example, Foxconn, let's say, in China. So when you're trying to collect data, whether that's a public fund or a private fund, because BlackRock may have a private fund that funds some of those, uh, you know, some of uh, Apple's build out of the renewable energy uh, portfolio, but they may also invest in Apple as a stock uh, out of a different fund. 
the collection problem is still the same. You, you have to go all the way down to that asset on Fox Pond's roof or how the safety is within their factory and roll that up to Apple and that has to roll up to BlackRock and that has to roll up to hmm. Harvard Endowment Fund. And that's where the, the real challenge is, is that whether it's a public vehicle or a private vehicle, remember ESG has to start asset up. And that's never been done before uh, in terms of how data is collected. If you really, really want to get beyond the glossy brochure mm. or the nice letter from the CEO that we're ESG mm. um, uh, you know, compliant, you really have to be able to, if you want to, if you want to muster the show me the data, you've got to be able to report cast it up. And that's where the nuance becomes exactly the same. Mm. Does that make sense? Arash, I understand, but I'm also appreciating yeah. the fact that in the public market uh, tendencies, a lot of this ESG information in some mm -hmm. uh, cases might be statutory, but in the private market, when I'm getting into a private equity situation, perhaps private owners, and therefore I appreciate the fact that, yeah, you got to go in and kick the tires to make sure everything's all right, but the availability mm -hmm. and the ability to source that information, let's say that's helpful in a in a platform situation how, how do you go about right. doing that so i think your question what you're asking is in the private market what's the nuance or the difference being able to access that kind of data is that that's is right. that kind of where you're yes that's yeah. right that's right so i think there's a in the public markets there are a lot more i would say governance and um, compliance requirements let's say from the sec uh, or Sarbanes-Oxley, or, or the you know the, the various things that come after financial crises. So there's already been a lot of pressure that hasn't applied to the private markets. So the private markets are a little bit more, I would say, on the honesty system of saying here, here's what I'm doing for ESG. However, the private markets are growing very, very fast, and the fee structures are such that it's becoming much more attractive because the fee structure for the public market stuff has you know evaporated. So the, the private market is growing faster and there is a recognition that, you know, regulatory bodies are going to move in pretty quickly and we better get our act together. So I would say you're right. The forcing functions are very different in the two markets, but there is a convergence that will happen a little bit over time where you will have the same pressures in the private market that you do in the public market. The pressure today is really around just being able to raise capital from European funds. That's the that's the forcing function and, and obviously, the, you know, the indirect pressure from new investors coming into the market. Now, when you think about ESG data and, and you mentioned SASB and, of course, they cover a few areas, right? Environment, social capital, human capital and innovation, uh, leadership and governance. Um, are there peculiarities? Uh, and I'm trying to differentiate, I, I guess, again, between the active and uh, private market. Are, are there differentiation? in terms of ability to source these different types of segments of the ESG market? I think different segments have different types of, uh, you know, there may be an emphasis more on the E versus the S by, by asset class there where we signed the agreement and we're forming a partnership, uh, is that there's a convergence between public and private markets. Public market products tend to at some point get taken private and vice versa. And again, Companies um, that are large institutional asset owners have both public and private funds. And so at the end of the day, they're being measured on their overall ESG effectiveness. So there's a lot more harmonization that's going on between both. I would just say that the, the challenges are that the private market forces have been different and maybe slightly out of sequence. 
but the, the reason I would say SASB, we were excited about them is because they have, I would say, a strong play in the private markets. They're seeing the same momentum in, I'm sorry, in the public markets. They're seeing the same momentum uh, that we're seeing in the private markets. Um, and uh, similarly, we're able to give them the ability to kind of extract data from both sides of the fence where they haven't seen that from other technology platforms. Uh, that's been a differentiator on how they recognize what we do. When uh, Harish, when we're uh, talking about uh, sourcing ESG data, uh, a lot of this information perhaps are available on a you know quarterly, half yearly, or annual basis when people produce, say, in the case of the public market, sustainability reports. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, how, are we able now today to be able to achieve real-time kind of information for ESG data that might be helpful to keep track of a lot of the private equity investments out there? The, an- the good news is the answer is yes, because of a platform like ours. I don't mean to sound self-serving, but it's precisely what we're giving to the marketplace. Uh, the reason it's been annual and quarterly is because it's hard, it's manual, it's labor intensive, and it's not really uh, ready to withstand you know, the diligence that it would say, saying, do I trust this data? Can I verify the data? Uh, customers that use our platform can now get as real-time data as they want to make it. And so we have certain customers that are in the, in the energy industry. And so clearly measuring carbon offset uh, is a big piece. Obviously, the safety factor as they build these power plants is an important piece. Um, and then just making sure they comply with the governance across, you know, how they build these power plants and, and the regulatory things. So our customers, uh, you know, some are in 15-minute increments now in terms of the data is collected where you can actually have a live dashboard that will show you your ESG you know, metrics kind of, you know, materializing on a, on a fairly frequent basis. So the capabilities there, we obviously want to spread the good word and, and let, you know, more and more people have that same access to the technology now. Tell me a little bit about uh, sourcing of ESG data. How does it work uh, and what's, how many data sets do you troll to, to extract this information for private equity investors? It's a fairly complex uh, answer. Let me see if I can break this down. You know, they, the private markets depend heavily on financial models that are built in Excel. And each financial model is highly bespoke, even maybe for the same asset class. You may have one wind farm in the UK, and you may have an offshore wind farm in Hong Kong, and they'll have radically different financial models. Um, And so what data is required is locked up in those financial models. And that's where it's going to depend on the asset class and how many inputs are required to make that financial model generate a financial result. So you're going to need um, the vehicle to be able to, you know, collect all that information. So to answer your question, I think you were asking, you know, how is that data collected? Well, the first thing that has to happen is that the information that's thrown off, let me step back, there's kind of three process steps. One is understanding what ESG is. A lot of companies just kind of getting that, then you have to determine what is it that I want to report that's meaningful for me. And then the third part is how we come into play in terms of how you automate collection of the data and processing that data into information and and to the, into the KPIs and the dashboards that you need. Um, so the, the, the process is, is, is fairly complex in the private markets because of this bespoke nature of every single asset. And that's what makes ESG reporting extremely difficult is to marry financials with actuals, with operational data, 
and social and governance data uh, becomes a lot more difficult in the private markets than in the public markets because of the, of the difference between how those assets are uh, analyzed and, and assessed in any given time. The play helped you a little bit, but didn't confuse you more. How quickly have you, have you captured that uh, and, and being able to integrate that into what you're doing right now? Well, we're in the process of um, you know working with three or four alpha customers now that we signed the partnership, um, and I think uh, you know next sixty to ninety days we should be able to come back and you know showcase together you know what does this framework look like and how have we made this process more automated uh, so that we you know reduce the friction of of um, you know, this reporting. Uh, so it's still early, um, but we're, we're, we've, like I said, we've got two or three alpha customers that are working together to actually, you know, show the reporting mechanism and, and work out the, uh, you know, the mechanisms. At the end of the day, Harish, when you think about ESG overall and the ability to capture uh, ESG data and looking into, you know, post-pandemic world, do you think that would be the new standard when you think about investing in the private equity market? Absolutely. The current market conditions accelerate ESG. I think we talked a little bit about that, kind of sprinkled throughout this whole discussion. But again, the new entrants, the individual investor, the 20 to 40-something and the tidal wave we're seeing of them wanting to be more socially responsible and actually having a voice is, is a big factor that's going to put more pressure on LPs, which is going to put pressure on GPs, which can put pressure on portfolio companies and down into how those assets are you know, performing. And I think the exposure that we're seeing again to some of the challenges where we're all waking up to didn't realize what it takes to put food on our table, I think further exaggerates, you know, people even beginning to now fo focus on the social aspect. Listen, I am concerned about, you know, we're seeing already a big trend in meat consumption, right? The meat consumption is dropping dramatically and the organically grown meat, um, you know, uh, is actually going up significantly because people are really concerned about it. I didn't realize the impact we're causing of what I eat. So I think that this crisis, you know, accelerates, um, you know, that need. And then there's a third component, which is the private market is growing very fast. It's already gotten much larger before it used to be, you know, very small fraction of the financial markets and size attracts regulatory, um, uh, uh, reform and oversight. So there's three forces that I think that are driving where ESG becomes, uh, uh, you know, that whole acceleration, you know, continues because of those three factors. Mm, absolutely. All right. Excellent. Haresh, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. We have been speaking to Haresh Patel, CEO of Mercatus, as we try to understand how ESG data could be integrated into private equity investments. Thank you for listening.